Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we discuss part one of the five major pieces of the life puzzle by Jim Rohn and how personal philosophy has much more of an impact than we think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street. Hey guys. The co-host, The Voice, Nick Kleitch here. Uh, with me, as always, are my good friends, Jeremy Machino and Cole Szynski. Gentlemen, how are we this afternoon? We're good, Nick. We, uh, it's good to see you guys. You know, it, we all, I think the three of us always look forward to our, our Sunday nights. That's when we record, for those of, those of you that don't know that, that are just listening to this on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We record on Sundays and we record on Tuesdays, so I think the three of us have gotten to a point in our schedules, we kind of know that this is always going to be occurring and we always look forward to it each week. Well, it's, uh, it's been a week, and as a, a, uh, a Minnesotan, we, we witnessed the murder of a fellow Minnesotan this week, and it's, it's hard to come to terms that stuff like this is still happening where we are we are killing fellow Minnesotans and I'm I'm at a loss for words for for what is happening we here in Delano we're we're about 30 minutes outside of the Minneapolis area and we have small businesses their owners are sitting outside of their businesses waiting to see if they have to protect their own business and unfortunately, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words what is supposed to go on now. And I, I'm trying to keep this as anti-political as possible. But it's, it's hard. There is clearly a separation of what is, what is happening right now. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, um, hard to watch what's going on. I, there's, I just don't know what else to say at this point. Absolutely, man. Well, and, and just to, to throw it out there, you know, our thoughts and prayers to all those involved, and uh, we hope we can come together as American citizens and, and move forward um, and, and learn from some history here. But um, thank you for sharing that. I know you're kind of going through a tough time along with other Minnesotans, but our, our episode is not predicated on that just for, for those people that are No, listening. no, it is not. <laughs> but, you know, we are taking it serious and we are hyper-realist hyper as well. And you know, Jeremy is, you know, within those, those battlegrounds, unfortunately. And, um, as a, a member of state street, we just, uh, again, like to, to put the thoughts and prayers out. But, um, anyway, today's topic of conversation, um, to kind of flip over here, uh, we have our next book in the lineup. Uh, this book is called the five major pieces of the life, life puzzle by Mr. Jim Ron. Uh, one of my, uh, one of my favorites, um, it's probably one of the more simple, uh, but yet profound books you can read on on basically personal development and uh, philosophy and and how to live maybe a, a happier and more successful life. Um, and a little bit on Jim. So he actually taught. I don't know if there's any Tony Robbins fans or or Darren Hardy. If you know those guys, they're industry leaders in both uh, personal development and in business. Uh, he was a guy that influenced those guys. And uh, as we all know, they they're very renowned uh, individuals. But we're gonna get right into it here. Um, one of the, the first things that we were talking about off, uh, off air here uh, is, is just personal philosophy. And, and I think that topic uh, is something we don't touch on too much. So it's kind of fun to go there 
um, and know that personal philosophy does run basically everyone, everyone's life and, and everyone has their own personal philosophy. So uh, Cole, if you wouldn't mind uh, just kind of right away here, what are some things that, that you had noticed when you first read this book? Well, just to touch on it, Nick. So the one thing I, I do think that's really cool, because you said we don't talk about philosophy a whole lot, or we haven't up to this point, is that philosophy can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. There's a lot of ways to talk about philosophy. There's a lot of different philosophies to talk about. <laughs> um, and that's, that's one of the cool things about this book that you come to learn. And it's also, it's also just one thing that is a part of the world. Everyone has their own philosophy they live by, whether it's you know the way they work out or the philosophy of just how they live their life or they go about their job. Whatever capacity you have a philosophy, even whether you realize it or not. Uh, and and one, of the, one of the things early on that I took away, and Nick, you can probably touch on this too, is just taking ownership. I, they don't say it word for word, but taking ownership of your life philosophy is one thing for me that really hit home right away. Oh, man. And you, you also had mentioned a nice piece there too, a little bit of the, the whether you know it or not. So I'm just going to shed some light on that really quick before we go there. Everyone does have that personal philosophy. So like either you, you think you do or you don't know that you do. I'm just going to tell you that you do. And this is formulated by our parents, influencers, coaches, teachers, uh, basically, you know, the environment we grew up in, some of the, the books or, and or some of the music we listen to, pop culture, all of these things formulate what we have is a personal philosophy. And just to define it a little further, it's essentially the code in which you live your life, you know, basically. So it's not something that's completely molded in, though I think at, you know, our age of, of 25 to 22, 23, it's pretty rock solid of, of what we have experienced up until this point. But um, we thought it was fun to go here because I think we all kind of have a little different personal philosophies. And uh, Jerry, if you just want to touch on a little bit of maybe some of yours or what you uh, uh, think when you hear personal philosophy. You know, personal philosophy to me is just, just kind of what you said is how you live your life. And I don't, don't think if we should, we should ever, you know, stop changing our personal philosophies. I think we should have, let them adapt to our, our surroundings and where we can't continue to have preconceived notions without um new knowledge and if we if we're open to taking in new knowledge and then changing our own preconceived notions and personal philosophies i think we can um have a much better life and improve the lives of, of others around us and just as a side note jeremy one thing too that you definitely just hit on it was as we get new information especially Obviously, our demographic, we're trying to speak to 20 to 30-year-olds. We have people that listen that are younger or older. Um, and by no means, you know, if you're outside of that 20 to 30 range, that defining decade that we've talked about previously, can you, can you not adapt? You know, we're always adapting our philosophies. The cool part, though, is when we get new information or we learn something new, whether it's a life skill or a way, uh, an attitude change, whatever the case may be, putting that to the test and then seeing how that application results in benefiting your life or maybe even negatively affecting your life. And then obviously you take that information in and, and redirect course. Yeah, I want to take that and run with it. I want to dive a little bit further in depth there. So what Cole's referring to is we at this point have, have habits and or our routines around basically everything we do in life, whether that's brushing our teeth, going to work, how we go about work. 
And what the relevance was of, of Jim and what he's talking about is we must be on the search for new information. Not necessarily like we're going to receive it nonetheless. We're always receiving input probably more than ever in today's society with social media and, and all the influences that we have there. But the, the search for new and new can be better or new can also cement what your current philosophy is. And that's why I think it's, it's super cool to go here because sometimes I don't think that maybe we're even aware of all the input of information that does come to us. But we do need to search out how we do that better. How do we continue to, to mold our personal philosophy? If we feel it's strong, what can make it challenged or what can challenge it to make it stronger? And that process is how we continue to, uh, to grow as humans. But Jeremy, we were talking a little off air on some examples and, and you had a good one on uh, where you had a, a preconceived notion of something, but new information allowed you to see that in a different light. Yeah. Um, so this, this kind of ties back in with, you know, I've, I've been talking about baseball a lot, but uh, the company driveline and the products and the service they put out. In college, we, we used the, the driveline protocol, the driveline equipment, and I ended up injuring myself twice, basically, because I was using it, um, as I come to find out, incorrectly. And now that, uh, actually, before... I learned this new information that I thought driveline was bad. I thought, honestly, I thought everyone that was going to do driveline will probably end up getting injured. And it took me, me stepping out of my comfort zone, reaching out to people and asking them, all right, what are your experiences and why did it work for you? To, for me to learn, okay, well, I was doing this wrong completely from the start. And, it, and whether it be I was coached wrong, I didn't understand a specific thing I was supposed to do. It was just I was doing it wrong. And because of me doing it wrong, it led to a, a negative preconceived notion that led me to believe that it wasn't going to work for anyone. And now that I got this new information, uh, learning how to actually do it correctly, I've been, I actually went out and I've started doing it again just, just because it's something I enjoy doing now. And it's, it's worked out very well for me now. And Jeremy, you bring up a really valuable lesson. And Nick, you've mentioned, to, you've mentioned this a couple times, is once you have legitimized and confirmed the accuracy of the information you get, if it is in fact legitimate, if it is in fact better for you personally or does have a positive impact on your life, your baseball career in this is, instance, having the humility to accept that and use it and apply it is, is only going to reward you. Because even if you, let's say tomorrow you go out and you do driveline, you get hurt. Well, now you know what is working and how to redirect course to find that perfect fit for you. And that doesn't have to be just baseball. That doesn't have to be no. just lifting. That doesn't have to be just career. I mean, that's, that's life, you know, that's dealing with family members, that's dealing with viruses that's dealing with all sorts of things that are going on in today's world is having humility of accurate information and being able to apply it. I think another big thing is, you know, just be willing to accept that you could be wrong and there's nothing about, or there's nothing that says you can't relearn something or it's not like you're a terrible person because you believed something was wrong. And now you're, you're flipping your opinion because you believe you've been given better information and what you believe now is much better for you. It's, it, takes, it takes a big step to come forward and say, I was wrong 
but it's it's definitely a step you need to take. Oh man, very healthy point there too. And I'm going to reiterate that with, with the statements I'm going to make here. And some of this is from the book. So if you guys think it's really good, I wish I could take credit for it, <laughs> but uh, I can't quite do that. So we're not that smart. Um, I know it. Yeah. I, I hope that they think we're maybe smart, but we're also referencing some quality things here. <laughs> so, um, but a point he made, and one of the biggest things that's really helped me in my life is the worst thing we can do is miss out on quality information to then put to work because we have an incorrect bias towards that information. So if we hold an opinion about something and we've had a bad experience and we're not able to have the humility to understand that, then now we've hurt our, ourselves for now in the present and also in the future because we're going and talking to people about the experience we had. You know, as we resort back to your example of driveline, you had a time period where you probably could have gone out and, and completely bashed it. You know, you, you went through it, you had a poor experience because there wasn't maybe the, like you said, maybe the right coaching or things of that nature, but you have now taken that. And because you will thankfully were humil, you know, showed humility to relearn it. But now you go out and tell your friends and family about it. And it may just be a bad experience. Yeah. I, I actually did bash it pretty, pretty publicly on Twitter. I, uh, former baseball player uh tweeted out you know uh what is with everyone getting injured on these weighted ball programs and i i told him my experience and he retweeted it and the whole world saw it but (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that's uh that's out there but i and i take full responsibility for that and you know i can't take that back but i can go out and teach myself with the correct information now and say this is how i felt previous but given the new information this is how i feel now well that shows maturity right i would think so yeah yeah i mean being able to to come to and say hey you know what in that time period i i was a little bit more immature than i am now and because of those experience i now have a new perspective to come with uh because i i noticed that hey maybe maybe it wasn't just the program it, it could have been me I, I could have had a bad experience but um just being in search of that uh and then also Guys, showcasing humility, I want to give a tip or a pointer maybe. It's not necessarily that you need to do that publicly, but when you're in privacy, please give an honest look to that. And I'm very keen on that because we are also not maybe informed at the proper manner or coached in the proper manner. So to have the humility to come forward and just say, you know what, that was me. I had a bad taste in my mouth. You don't necessarily need to tell everybody about it, but if in privacy you can come to grips with, you know, I wonder if maybe it was me. You know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but showcasing humility I think is is a very attractive or a very mature thing if you're if you're looking to develop personally at all. And once you're able to come to terms with it privately, I think that's when you you realize that something's going to change. Because when we're out in public, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to say what we we believe. We're not going to say we're, we all have these thoughts like, okay, so-and-so, you know, blah, 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 something bad about them. But until you can't come to terms privately, I don't think you'll ever be able to change. Jeremy, I could not agree with you more. And simply because of, of the fact that both of you guys have touched on it, allowing other people, in the case, you know, we've talked, we've talked about the cases that we are wrong, us having humility, you know, whoever our listeners are that are listening to this right now, you know, you should have humility when you are wrong and, and be the first to put your hand up and say you were wrong. But in the cases that you are right, 
allow those that may be in the wrong to have that moment of realization on their own. Don't be the person that goes to them face to face, brash, and says to them directly, maybe very sternly, you're wrong and this is why, and try to convince them in that certain moment. Because yes, you may get a reaction, you may get into a spirited debate, but ultimately that solves nothing and that can almost drive someone away from having that moment of realization to where they do truly make a change. I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. There's many people that are on the fence about, you know, one thing or another, and they may be looking for a reason to become uh, more informed, become uh, change their views, but if you come and still attack some of the stuff they're attached to, their their natural instinct is to defend it. So it's not like we're we're not solving a problem by attacking someone and telling them they're wrong. We're we're creating a problem and and maybe maybe instead of saying you're wrong, why don't we help guide them towards the the correct information instead? Yeah, open-mindedness uh is another word we can throw into what we're trying to talk about here on this episode is Again, when you're presented the information at times, like if you did something for so long and then you're presented with new information and you like get that subtle in your gut feeling like, okay, that might be right. But you don't like in the moment, you're not (laughs) going to be like, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that, but it's going against all the things I've ever been taught my whole life. Like, oh my God, I'm going to freak out a little bit. Uh, Those (laughs) things happen. You know, those things happen for real. They, They happen in a real life situation, but take what you heard from that point, bring it home with you in privacy, and then give yourself an honest look. Is that information more correct? Is it not? Again, going back to we're either solidifying what we currently know or we're grabbing onto to better information. And the value of grabbing onto that better information allows us to live life in a more, um, I guess, a more destitute or determined way because now we can use that new resource to make new decisions, which creates more success and happiness in our life. I want to reiterate that we are in no way talking about what's going on Especially, you know, with Jeremy being up in Minnesota, this is just like super timely that this book, we, we had decided we really wanted to talk on this. And so this stuff is coming out. But I think, you know, to both of your guys' points, one really great way that you can go to someone and lead them to that change, lead them down or co- maybe correct their course a little bit is simply by showing them positive results that you have had or others have had, right? Is saying, I took this course because maybe, maybe that person is thinking, they're, they're going to take action a different way. And you say, I took action this way. This is the result I got. And it's been great. Or obviously you don't even have to say it's great because in most cases, those positive results will speak for themselves. And that's when you really get that moment of change, that moment of realization. And then hopefully on <laughs> the other person's end, that, that, that application into their life. Yeah. Because we, we do have a, a grown or excuse me, not grown, we have this reaction towards being wrong. Like obviously as a child, when we're wrong, we're, we're, we're punished in some capacity from mom and dad, you know, whether that's verbal or like, Hey, that's not right. Don't do that. And that's painful to go through that experience. So we need to realize like not only our openness is challenging enough, but it's our habit already as, as growing up in life that when we're wrong, that's not viewed at as like, Holy cow. You did it, man. You, you know, you're wrong. It's, it's hard. It's a painful process to be wrong. And, and some people it's a hard pill to swallow. But again, going back to giving yourself the opportunity in privacy to give it an honest look, 
That's all we're saying. We're not saying we get, you got to make a bunch of changes. You know, we're not saying you got to change your whole damn life. All we're saying is give it an honest look because if that information is valuable to you, you can come back and say, hey, you know what, man? Thought a little bit about what you said and it's kind of interesting. And then holy shit, you got a new friend. You're starting to talk about it. And then all of a sudden the, the course of your life changes. And dude, that can be like, like you said, Nick, you, we're not talking about changing the, the entire scope of, of people, people's lives here. Because I think when, when people hear us or, or any other podcast or any other TV celebrity, like whatever, they think drastically and they almost think in black and whites in extremes, right? This can simply be like the way you shower. Do I do conditioner in my hair first or do I do shampoo? Understanding the effects of that. Do I, do I put my socks on first or do I put my, my, my pants on for the day? Like, do I go shirt or pants first? It's, it's such little things like that, even up to the scale of making a life-changing application into your life that does alter the way you live. Maybe moving halfway across the country, taking that job that is that opportunity that is presented to you. Those are the kind of things when you make those little changes and you get those little positive results of maybe switching your course from doing conditioner shampoo to shampoo conditioner, get a little (laughs) bit better looking hair. Who knows? That could be the difference between you having a great hair day on an interview and you getting that job you really want. Seriously. Yeah. These are as, as that's a great example. I I love how you brought up that because that's so true. Like as minor of a thing as that, or you try a new supplement or you go in and approach that boy or girl that you've been meaning to talk to forever, but you know, haven't built up the guts to do all these. (laughs) We've all been there. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) All these things really do matter though, guys, because again, we're not getting a, a couple of chances at life here. We get one of those. So these little things do matter. Um, I also wanted to to bring up where he goes next with this. And the way Jim describes personal philosophy is like the set of the sale. And I just absolutely love how he lays this out. So in the process of living, the winds of circumstance blow on us all. Disappointment, failure, heartbreak. I mean, we have all experienced all of those things. And those are hard pills to uh, swallow, truly. Uh, But it is the ability to understand that those things do happen to everybody. But yet it's how we come to adversity or, or, you know, understand that we're not the only one going through something like that. So Jared, have you ever had, I don't know, I'm just, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to talk about like this specific thing, with you, but I didn't <laughs> know if you had like a specific example where maybe you were disappointed or Cole will also get to you as well too, uh, or a, a painful experience, but then, you know, you're able to show some adversity and, and strengthen your sale. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about high school. How about that? In high school, I wasn't, I mean, it probably, you could probably ask many people, I wasn't very, you know, popular. And I didn't really, you know, strengthen my cause at all. It's, it's just the way the world comes. And uh, I decided that I wanted to, you know, play baseball outside of Delano. And that was met with uh, quite a bit of criticism. And my, my coach told me if I, I don't bleed orange and black, I'm not going to play baseball in Delano. And, you know, it's hard to hear. Fast forward, what, two years? I still hadn't touched the diamond for Delano baseball. It was hard. And I had to stay. I followed my roots. I stuck, stuck to my guns. And I was like, you know, I'm in the right. And it took a lot of uh, outside forces to let my coach finally play me. And that's how I got to meet you guys, basically. I. I got to play. I played well. Was able to go to a very good community college in Minnesota. 
played pretty well there, and that's how I ended up meeting you guys. For sure, yeah, and I just, I want everyone to know that sometimes we we get rubbed a little bit of the wrong way sometimes with people. We meet people, uh, something is said or done, and we're like, ah, man. You know, in sales calls, for example, I might catch somebody out of the blue, and they might just tear my ass a new one, (laughs) you know? Isn't that the truth? Oh, man. But at the same time, I've been on the other side where you get the, the cold call sales and, you know, if it's not good quality or they don't handle it well, you are pissed, so fair enough. But anyway, the whole point being, I just caught them at a bad moment. That doesn't mean they don't like me. That doesn't mean they don't know me. They just got caught in, in, in a moment where, okay, I just didn't quite catch them at a right time. And where I'm going with this is sometimes I think we, we go through those things and we take things very personally, but the, the fear of, of disappointment and regret kind of comes back to, okay. At a young age, I didn't know how to, to handle adversity, really. You know, what does the set of the sale mean? You know, am I going to allow that happening to me in a, in a high school or a college environment to, like, kick me out when I'm 30 or 35 to, like, holy shit, man, like, I'm still hung up on that. Whereas this is what Jim is suggesting. Go back to what the philosophy is that you live by. And if you get some new input or information or to get into a new environment, we can now strengthen the set of our sale. Right. Well, and also the... How, how you choose to respond to adversity, I think, is huge, too. And that's one thing I don't want to, to overlook because that's a conscious choice that we make, right? You know, I, I love, you know, in this book, it talks about how challenges don't just happen to those who are less fortunate. And that's not to say less fortunate monetarily or with, you know, having nice things or, you know, any, any sense of having more than, than another. It simply means that, that adversity and, and overcoming challenges is something that every person, no matter who you are, no matter what your background, no matter what your journey or your story is, we all have to face. And successful people sometimes, maybe even in a lot of cases, have more challenges than those without, without maybe that sustained success or that long-term success. It's simply the way that those people have decided and and woken up each day understanding that they are going to become better because of it and then applying what they learn into their everyday life because those challenges are simply temporary. I I think uh, adversity breeds strength and every time you can overcome adversity you you become stronger. 1000% true. And if you're you continue to overcome adversity overcome adversity overcome adversity not only are you stronger, you are better prepared for more adversity in the future. So I know oftentimes people get preached at, and we, we follow people that preach about adversity, and, and you may hear it to where it may numb you a little bit, but I want to get a little bit serious with you here and know that it fucking matters, man. It matters how you handle situations. It absolutely affects your life, how you handle situations in your life. Because again, if we get too hung up on certain things, we're not able to move forward. You know, the, the winds are too strong for his analogy for us to, you know, maybe it crashes our boat and we're like, fuck this. I'm not going to build a new boat. Right. <laughs> this sucks. Like, you know, but we have to understand that that adversity, as you said, Jared, builds strength to where now when I go build that damn boat, I'm going to build it twice as fast. I'm going to build it twice as strong. I'm going to find a new way to navigate because I'm going to fight back because life will always fight at us, right? So we have to find the, the, the adversity and the strength to be able to fight back. Well, and it's the old adage of Thomas Edison and the light bulb, right? I mean, he found how many ways to, to not make a light bulb. 
He, all you needed was one to find how to make a light bulb. <laughs> and now, lo and behold, we can, we can do this podcast and we can watch TV and we can, I mean, we have electricity, right? And, and that's, that's exactly the point that we're trying to get across is it only takes one, one opportunity or it takes one success to propel you into the right direction. Does that mean it's going to come without 1,000 failures? No, because that's more, more, more often than not, you're going to be faced with challenges, no matter what the number is, whether it's one challenge, whether it's 10, whether it's 100, or whether it's 1,000. You know, those are things you're going to have to face, and that's the point that, especially early on in this book, Jim Rohn, or Jim Ron, sorry, is trying to hammer into each of, each of the reader's heads. Yeah, the, the, the way he describes it, I think, is so simple but so deep, how no matter where you're at in life, the rich, the poor, the healthy, the sick, every single person has the winds of circumstance blow on you. No one that you have ever met has ever had a real cakewalk through life. They've had experiences in some facet, some way, or some form that has put them through life where they have disappointment heartbreak, regret. And that's the cool part about life. That's where we get to, to tell our story a little bit of, of how proud we are uh, in the moment or, or where we've gotten up into this point. So it's that fighting. It's that constant fighting that, that makes us who we really are. And just like the, the example of the shampoo leading to an interview, a great interview, and then a great job, you know, the challenges don't have to be life-altering challenges either. That, you know, they completely hit, a, hit rock bottom because that's not healthy either. And that's, that's not a good way to, to think of challenges. You know, one little challenge is just like Nick and I talk about a lot on here is sales calls. You could have one bad sales call and that is literally maybe five seconds. Someone screams at you, they curse at you, and then they hang up on you. And on your end, you're thinking, man, that person's just having a really rough day. Or at least that's <laughs> the hope, right? You know, because you really hope it's nothing you did. But that's one of those little challenges. That's not life altering. Yeah, maybe it stings for a couple seconds while you're dialing to the next call. But it's, it's all about how you decide and, and, and mentally prepare yourself and mentally callous yourself to move on to the next, keep grinding, and, and eventually you'll get to your yes. Eventually you'll get to, to your uh, wanted result. Yeah, so the second chapter, so that's the first chapter, talks a lot about personal philosophy. If you do choose to read the book, I'd recommend it. But uh, the second is attitude. And I, I'm gonna just going to oppose this as an example because I think what we talk about is vo- both very serious but also very light. But So let's say there, there's two athletes that go out and they prepare for their you know junior year and or sophomore year, both at a high level competing. They're probably looking to get drafted and both have season-ending injuries. We hear these stories all the time but we really don't respect the amount of tenacity that some of these people go through. Uh, We could relate this into a business analogy as well too, but simply what it comes down to is both of those individuals have a decision to make. We see here that the course that one of them, you know, hates the world, complains that this or that wasn't right, makes an excuse, never returns to the same level of, of athlete they once were because, you know, they feel that they were wronged or or what have you. And that is simply a choice to, to make that decision as an attitude. But this is why we're talking. It's so important to refine that personal philosophy because we see athlete number two using this as an example to work freaking twice as hard to get back on the field. All of a sudden they come back, have a breakout year, get drafted, and then all the people that are affected along the way uh, in that capacity. So that's just a very basic example. But again, this shit matters. 
Well, and Nick, I don't know if the, I don't know if either of you guys know this, but so I personally, I can attest to that, especially the athlete example, because I've had two major surgeries on my body, both on the left side. So clearly, my, there's something wrong with the left side. But I, I <laughs> tore my ACL my freshman my freshman year, uh, tore tore my knee up really good, and then I tore my my labrum and my shoulder my senior year. Both of those things, exactly like you're talking about, Nick. You know, it, it sucks in the moment, right? And it sucks. You know, both of those are are injuries that, you know, you're out an extended period of time. You don't get to do the the physical activity that you're you're used to, your body's used to. But it is it's one of those things, man, that you have to wake up every single day willing to grasp whatever is necessary to get better, even if it is super slight. You know, with with my knee, it was can we get from only being able to slide my knee or, or bend my knee to a, from a 45-degree angle to a 90-degree angle? Because your knee, your leg gets so weak from all the trauma it goes under with the actual injury and then surgery. And, and not to bore people with, you know, my, my sob story here, but seriously, those are the little <laughs> things. You know, each time you go into that physical therapist's office, it's a matter of, Am I going to complain today? Am I going to, to bitch and moan to my, my physical therapist? Or am I just going to shut up? I'm going to get through this hour. Yeah, it may suck. I may even sweat a little bit. And get to a result that you want in the short term, being getting back to playing. But also in the long, ter- long term, and this is something that isn't actually touched on in that example, Nick, is how that affects you later in life. If you do the rehab, if you treat your body the right way, if you respect yourself and allow yourself rest, your body is going to thank you years down the road. And I think that's what you see in people who have bad knees, you know, sometimes have, have to get replacement surgeries on whatever. They didn't take the necessary steps in the present moment years ago. And now they're finally feeling and seeing the effects of those. So I don't think we even have to, to uh, constrain this to sports. And you, it brings up, we can talk in generals. You should have an attitude every day where you wake up and you're not gonna you're not gonna let that outside force bring you down and you're gonna you're gonna tackle the adversity in front of you set out that day and once you give up it's really hard to get back to where you were previous so if you can keep pushing through keep pushing forward you will reap the rewards in the short term and in the long term no doubt. Well, I'd like to just share a story for me personally of, of what I went through. And I, and I share this story only because I, I want to provide hope to, to someone that maybe didn't directly go through this, but uh, the experience to let them know that there, there is hope out there. So I was in baseball uh, senior year, fifth year, and I was feeling pretty good about where I was at. I wish I maybe would have been further along or, or put a different type of, of work in to get to a certain point. but. Nonetheless, um, there was a good group of guys, some of my best friends that we were working with. And, you know, it's my fifth year and I'd come back to, to hopefully see the opportunity on the field. And there were some freshmen that came in. And uh, just to let you know, at the college level, it's not about equal playing time. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, uh, you know, folks have a, a tough time understanding that. But uh, I was one of those individuals. So I thought I had the, the rite of passage, if you will, uh, to wanting to, to see the field quite a bit. And I didn't receive that. And at the time, I was very upset. I was like, you know what? I put the time into this program. I have been through all this stuff. Uh, you know, that should be me. 
Well, unfortunately, some of those actions led to off the field lack of focus. I began to drink and use a lot of drugs and and my mind started to, to spiral out to, okay, that's my coping mes- mechanism now is like, if practice doesn't go well, that's where I'm going to head to. And you guys obviously live with me, so you can attest it. You know, towards the end there, it was, it was getting pretty rough. Um, and so I made the decision in that moment, you know what, I'm going to start to think the system is skewed or, you know, I'm not going to take any personal accountability. And, and I love these guys as friends off the field, but, you know, this freshman or, or this individual came in and they're outperforming me and I'm jealous and I'm like, fuck this, this is stupid. And then all of a sudden, all this compounds into the great moment when I uh, got pulled over that night for the DUI. And so I only share that because I made that choice in that moment. And what it led to was me going into and getting the DUI calling my mom and dad saying I got one, having to talk to the coach, et cetera. And there was such a, a powerful moment there for me where it was just like, really, man, we're, we're here right now. This is where we are. You know, the entire time you've come in, you've built these great relationships with this program and, and couldn't quite accept the fact that, you know what, you're probably not quite at the level that you need to be to play. And that's why you're not playing, obviously. Um, but I had a lot of thinking to do. And so through the DUI process and, and going to the classes, I, I could have, again, allowed that decision making and the personal philosophy to lead to another DUI or another DUI, you know, and this is how these are how these things compound. Well, I, I started getting into books and I started to learn a little bit and I started to like, holy cow, the, the light bulbs were starting to come onto my brain and that helped form my personal philosophy. So obviously I'm a little bit more passionate on that for personal reasons, but what I want to aim towards is you can always change the way you act and the way you respond and the way you learn. No matter what, no matter how bad it is, you can always come back from that and, and give yourself another chance to reform. And until you're six feet under, quite honestly, you still got a fighting chance. I mean, you really do have a fighting chance until really they, they put you down there. Uh, and I would just implore you to really look into those options. And Nick, you know, it, it is kudos to you because you have come full circle as a person and you have done a lot of self-reflection and obviously you had your moment of realization. But one thing that, you know, I don't want to get lost in this is that, you know, even though you, you know, you personally, you're, you're, you're very much independent. And I'm sure that a lot of people that listen to this are very independent people. They, they want to do things for themselves. They want to turn their struggles into success, you know, without help or without having to ask for help because it can be a little embarrassing at times. But, you know, as far as outside sources who, or maybe outside voices, I guess would be a better term that aided you in that process. Touch on that a little bit because, you know, that sense of community, I go, I'll go back to that. Having people that you love, that you respect and reaching out to them, using them as a guide, maybe without them even knowing your situation fully how important was that to your process? Oh, man. Well, there our beautiful word of humility comes into play. You have to swallow that. Um, and I'll, I'll answer that in twofold. So the first part is you have to have the independent willpower to know that there's more out there for you. Because when I was reflecting and going through that time, I was like, you know what? I got to freaking do this for me, man. There, there's no one coming to help me. There's no one that needs to, to wait on me to, to be like, hey, Nick, come on, man, you can do it. You know, like you have to have some form of that humility of looking yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, this is what I need to do for me. Now, once you're on that track and you have some positive influences, like obviously Cole, you know, we had started this podcast because we were having some Sunday conversations, reading some good books. There are some other people in my family that had supported me and, and helped me understand and grow and, and learn and change. And I think 
environment had a lot to do with that as well too. Obviously in college, you're, you're, well, at least we did. <laughs> we, we had, uh, <laughs> you know, drinking and, and, and using drugs occasionally and doing all that fun stuff. But, um, but then you kind of snap out of it and you realize, okay, it's time to get very serious now. Life is serious. And that's another thing that we didn't necessarily touch on in this book that, uh, that I do remember reading it, but it again, matters. Everything you do matters because if I would have gone on and got another DUI, now here I am in a much more serious situation where it's like, I can't get into job interviews because I have two. So all these things really do matter. But to go back to your original question, uh, lean on those people and it's okay to open up to them. You know, they love you. It's okay to open up to them. So please do so. Yeah. I think one, I think one thing, Nick, that you've done a really, really great job of. And I think it's one thing that we, I believe we've stressed on this podcast before is committing your life to a life of learning, right? And I think that's one thing that you have since done and you have maybe not mastered, but you are mastering it currently. It takes a lot to master something, so I don't want to I don't want to give you that credit quite yet. <laughs> I got to earn it. But <laughs> but dude, I will say you are someone and Jeremy, you are too just in a very analytical way. You two are are two of the most committed people I know to learning every single day, learning from failures, just like we're talking about and using the information, you know, to, to maybe bring this full circle, using that information to better your life and, and set the trajectory for exactly how you want your life to look like, what kind of things you want to be a part of it and what kind of things you don't. hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm glad you bring that up because, um, I, I think that we can can actually learn in a couple different capacities, but the value of that learning again is is again strengthening our personal philosophy. And and me and Jared are at the we would like to say a good point where we're at now. We got there in different ways. The adversity was a little bit different on our journeys, but you can learn so much from watching and looking at other people, and you can really observe what they do well and try to mimic that. Or you can say, oh man, like. I don't know about if I need to hang out with that friend, like we're, we, you know, we're, we're doing this often and it's not necessarily helping me get to set destination, but uh, it's quite powerful to be able to learn from, from other people and, and also to understand like who is an influence, you know, Ed Milet talks about that a little bit, but like, who is my proximity? Who's helping me get to set destination? Who's talking or, or who's actually doing, you know? And I think that's one lesson I learned from reading a lot of, a lot of really good books and, and really making that important in my life. Well, Nick, you know I love Ed, and, and I, would never go ag- I would never go against anything that Ed says. However, I will add on to maybe, to, to maybe that concept. I believe everyone is an influence. I think every single person you come across, whether you realize it or not, is an influence on your life because we can all look at someone, and, and not, by, not by preconceived notion, but we can think to ourselves, I like what that person looks like in whatever capacity, whether it's, whether it is actual like physical looks and maybe we want to hit the gym a little harder or you look at the job someone has and man and think, man, I want, I want to get that job. I want to do that someday. Or you look, you know, maybe you, maybe you have a, you want a boat really bad. You see your next door neighbor has a boat and it's like, what do I got to do to get that? You know, what kind of job do I got to do? What kind of things am I going to have to sacrifice? Am I maybe not going to get to eat out as much, save some money to get that boat? Um, and so, dude, I think every single person you come into contact with, you can take something away from. Whether you're just walking in the store, you're, you're walking down your local grocery store, and, and you just look at people, and you're like, man, I really like that shirt. Where do I have to go to get that shirt? Or, 
maybe maybe you're it's man i'm really fiending for a reese's peanut butter cup which i do i have to go get a reese's peanut butter cup but again it's small scale man and those small scale things eventually lead to to the larger scale the bigger picture that we're ultimately talking about right and i think it's so cool and that's something i have just recently adopted especially being in sales is every time i go into a sales meeting where maybe i am being sold someone something I'm studying that person, man. I'm studying what they do great. I'm studying what they do bad. I'm studying their appearance. I'm studying how they're talking to me, how they greet me, everything, man. And I think that's something I would like to challenge not only you two, but I want to challenge the people who listen to this podcast, no matter your age, no matter your job, whether you have one, whether you don't, whether you're healthy, sick, whether like no matter who you are, if you're listening to this, my challenge to you is for the next week, study every single person that you come across. And just see what kind of lessons you learn, see what kind of things you like, dislike, and how you can apply those and how you can ultimately get to those things. Yeah, what's cool, because there's no restraints on that, right? I have the ability to watch. I have the ability to observe. I have the ability to, to stand there and be like, hmm, I'm just going to watch this go down. I'm going to just listen. And I'm just going to watch this person, how they operate and how they, uh, and how they go about their business, because maybe I can pull something from them. And that's free, man. <laughs> that's free of charge. You know, it may be a little creepy that I'm, I'm observing them like maybe too intently, but you know, that's just because I'm coming from a good place and I care. Um, but no, it, it's, uh, it's really intriguing what you can pick up from people as what you're saying. And I think to add on to the challenge, uh, that should be more so uh, in a positive light, but also understand that there are people that do things that we can stay away from now. And we don't have to go through that process. And that's what Jim says too. We don't have to go through running a small business and then failing to learn the lessons that they learned because we can go speak to that person and learn that from them without actually having to go through (laughs) the actual protocol to to do that. But it's amazing how much you can learn through observation. We can simply, Nick, you and I joke about it a lot. You talk about how studying people, this challenge I'm presenting is free. I mean, we joke a lot about too, about how we can go pick up this this book, right? We can go pick up The Defining Decade. We can go pick up How to Win Friends and Influence People for what, $8, $5? You give the store clerk $5 bill and you get this book with a wealth of information mm. that allows you not to make the same mistakes. And I know we're gonna, we're gonna start to be wrapping things up here, but I, I just wanna continue on this thought because it's so, we, we have the information at our tips. Shoot, we have the internet, dude. We're, we're, you know, we have these computers in front of us right now. We can look up anything we want. You don't even have to go spend that $8 on that book you want to read because you could probably find a TED Talk, a YouTube video, a, some, a number of articles probably that'll tell you exactly the contents of that book. You can study it for yourself and form your own opinion. And that's not to, that's not to say don't go buy books and don't read them because there's a lot of valuable things and, and obviously to get the best information is get it from the direct source. So go read those books. But man, the information is there. It's simply about waking up every single day, choosing to, or committing your life to learning and applying the information you get into that daily life, into your routine so that, yeah, ultimately your life can look exactly the way you want it to look. Oh man, freaking great stuff there. Um, and I want to, to throw this in there because I think it's, it's valuable. Jim does a nice job of talking about why. So why does all of this matter, right? Why, why go through the effort or maybe why try to read all the books or, or gain all the information and, and go through the efforts of building habits around this? And, 
he answers it so beautifully. And he just says, this is paraphrasing, of course, because again, all of this helps us lead to more happiness and more success, man. Isn't that, isn't that the whole journey of life? Don't we want to be more happy, more successful? I think you got to give yourself a chance, man. You got to give yourself a chance to know what the other side, where the greener pastures are, because we've experienced already what we've experienced. And if you have or are someone that's faced some adversity, some setback, some failure, I just hope that we can provide this specific episode to say, go again, build up the faith to take the chance, because that is where the meat is. And that is how you get to those greener pastures because you know what? You deserve it. And, and you know, Nick, you, you said something really cool right there. And I just, I want to like expand on it just very briefly because, and, and maybe this is, this is part of that challenge that I'm putting out. But one thing that, that I think maybe some people struggle with is when, when we say successful people struggle, right? Successful people have had challenges, you know, maybe to the common person or, or the everyday person, whoever's listening to this. They may think and they be like, well, what challenges, what adversity have I faced in my life? And as, as, I've, as I've said and as these two have said, it doesn't have to be life-changing. But if you really genuinely cannot think of anything, put yourself in the position to face adversity. And that's not to say, go do something stupid. I'm not saying that. I want to make sure that it's completely clear. But put yourself in the position to maybe fail. Maybe go for that job that you don't think you may get, right? Maybe go after that position that is a little out of your experience level. Or maybe go after that girl that's out of your league, guys. You never, Because you never know. And, and facing that adversity and maybe understanding rejection or understanding failure or understanding how the approach that you took to whatever challenge you failed at was incorrect learning from that, that's setting yourself up for success. Who would have thought that, that getting rejected by a girl could ultimately lead to, to success in your job, man, but it can. That's the coolest thing about committing your life to learning. And that is why, you know, this book is called The Five Major Pieces of the Life Puzzle, because this is huge, dude. The, these are what make us up. Right. Absolutely. The, the personal philosophy, man. And again, this will always be a, a lifetime of learning, lifetime of molding and receiving new information. Uh, and, and all we're trying to do, guys, and you can tell we're passionate about this topic, is we just want you to give yourself a chance. You deserve to get a chance to do some of these things to get out of your comfort zone because when we do that, it's nerve-wracking. You get the sweats. You don't know what happens. Some people may even black out. I've blacked out before. <laughs> Butterfly, butterflies in your stomachs. Yeah. Dude, we all know that feeling. That yeah. little tingling down south. Come on. It means it means that you are are putting yourself out there. And what's cool about that is you're able to come back uh, and and be in private and analyze and self-reflect, which this next episode we'll get to. But we thought that this book is is worthy of at least two episodes. We talked primarily, if you're reading this book, about the first two chapters, but a lot of good stuff to come. Uh, real quick here, guys, it's been a freaking great ride down State Street. Shoot out some of the social media stuff, will you? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, so the state, the the social media, uh, at State Street Pod on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, Jeremy is the one primarily running that page. He does a great job of putting out little snippets, maybe little cliffhangers for you guys to just hear a little bit of what we're going to talk about each week. So you can probably expect that tomorrow, Jeremy. Uh, usually, I try to go the day before or the day after it releases. Right. So you guys can expect those little cliffhangers, those little just 30 second snippets. That's way, you, you know, it's a great way to listen to what we're saying and decide if you want to listen to it or not. Uh, 
Also, Facebook, we, we started up a Facebook page. I know every single day I'm getting people that are, you know, liking it, um, enjoying the stuff that's being put on there. It's all the same. Um, so if you're on one platform, you get, you know, you can, you have access to everything on all of them. It's, it's simply, you know, how much you want to follow and, and how much you want to hear from us because we got a lot to say, man. And we got a lot of good stuff. <laughs> we got a lot of powerful stuff. Hopefully it's entertaining stuff for everyone to, to listen to. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and then right before I, 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 Jeremy, you got something? Go for it first. Okay. I just want to preview. Uh, so Thursday, uh, Thursday, we're going to have one of my best friends. Uh, you know, Jeremy got to have one of his best friends last week, and I thought it'd be only fitting that I got to have one of mine. So buddy of mine, Zach Smith, is going to come on the podcast. Um, I've known Zach essentially as far back as I can remember, maybe even since he was born. Uh, he is, he's only a year younger than me, so I, I don't quite remember that. But Zach and I have grown up in church together. Um, Zach went to a rival high school of mine, so anytime it was rivalry week, I knew I was going to see Zach and, and get to compete against him in, in one fashion. There's a lot of good trash talking, but Zach, uh, Zach was a Division I cross-country runner uh, at Creighton University. Um, he transferred to Iowa State, and, and Zach is one of the most on-fire-for-God for people that I know. He's, uh, he just graduated from Iowa State, and he's, he's going to be going to seminary school. He's going to become a pastor, and this guy, can, this guy can talk, like not just about God, but like he just knows how to talk. If you guys know, like Nick is like that. They just know how to talk to people. They know how to talk about cool things they're they're energetic and they're fun to, to be around so that's zach that's what that's what we're gonna get uh on thursday and um yeah i'm, I'm excited to have him on i think he's gonna be he's gonna be entertaining he's got a lot of good stuff to talk about and, and before we we hop off cole i know cole gave you guys a challenge but um i'd also like to uh to give you guys a, ch- a little just a little bit challenge it's 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 nothing big um in today's world we we face the pandemic unemployment riots everything I, I challenge you as a, a listener of the State Street Pod to reach out to someone and ask, how can I help you? There is definitely people that are not in the same position as you that, that need your help as a, as a human being. So just reach out to those people and say, how can I help you? That's awesome. Absolutely. Because we are human beings at the end of the day. My goodness, we need, to, we need more love in this world and, and more happiness. Um, but Hey guys, thanks for hopping in the golf cart and heading down state street. We appreciate it. Um, like we had said, we have the guest on and then the following, we are touching on the the later half of the book, but as always, we appreciate it, uh, and love your, your support here. So uh, until next time.